Welcome to the 158, episode one, with our co-host, Matt Anderson. So I think just to get this going, maybe we'll start how we met and, yeah. and what's led to all this. I mean, it was a, a nice summer day as we're sitting here in, in wintertime back in, in Hamilton, actually Bimbrook uh, in Ontario yeah. Yeah. with the uh, Emerit- Emeritus, Emeritus Golf. Yeah, Emeritus, Emeritus Golf, yeah. And I didn't even know, and that's part of why this podcast, you know, touch into it. I wouldn't even have known about that if it wasn't for another veteran. Yeah. James Colley. Yep. Going, hey, I'm going to be up there. I want to meet, let's meet up and play in the tournament, which yep. leads to me meeting you. Well, shit, that's actually when I met James too. So okay. it kind of, kind of ironic how it all played out. Uh, yeah, just, it, it's nice to be in that community because you can engage with each other super quick and, and you relate and then great friendships come from it. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun getting to know both of you actually. So hey, after that day, you know how that happens, right? You're, you'll get a Facebook friend request or maybe I did it or something and I get your, I look at your page. Yeah. So when you get out of the military, I find, like, this is my own personal story, is you bury everything deep and you, you didn't even serve. Like, that's how my, my yeah, journey went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember one thing, I was listening to a podcast, this is pretty recent, I was listening to a podcast Tim Ferriss had, and it was Jocko's on it, and he, they, they want to talk about the four, Jocko Willing, the Navy, yep. Navy SEAL, Yeah. and they ask him about four people, and I'm going to come back to your Facebook page, four mm-hmm. people that he'd like, he'd like to meet. And normally it's someone, I guess, saying, the Pope, or, you know, and it, yeah, like, yeah, someone yeah. boring. yeah. And he names four guys that were killed in, in uh, Ramadi with him. Like, yeah. And I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. So then fast, so more of like a thing I'm looking at your page going, there's three guys that yeah. friends of yours yeah. that served you that are on your page. And there's a reason you're on your, on your page. <coughs> yeah. And I thought that'd yeah. be a good story maybe to get out today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's what part of this podcast is about, right? Is uh, remembering and sharing stories and I, yeah, yeah, definitely. So maybe take it back to the beginning too, where. Yeah, how far back know, do you want to go? A story before, well, we, we let in with, you know, saying how I was like, before I went in, yeah, I was like, man, I'm gonna do all the physical stuff so I can pass. And you had yeah, a fun. Yeah, 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 well, uh, so I, I grew up playing competitive hockey, so I was always fit. And then uh, in grade nine for me was uh, when, the Twin Towers were attacked. So I was still playing competitive hockey then. And that that kind of piqued my interest on the military. It was something that I didn't know anything about, really. Uh, I'm not from a military town. I'm not military family. World War II, I had a grandpa that served. So it's so... so Wait, I got to back this yeah. up. This is... So 9-11. Yeah. We all got that picture of the plane. The plane yeah, everyone knows the where they were when they found and it. you're in right? grade nine. I'm in grade nine. Yeah, in high school. High school stops. You get it over the... PA system. And I also, I remember sitting in the basement for, you know, I don't know how, what the time frame was from when the towers were hit and then all of the bombs going off. And that was on the news. But I remember sitting in the basement with my old man watching it all. And uh, I, I, I wasn't the most educationally inclined when it came to high school. I like to get to the parking lot and not actually get into the high school. So I didn't really do too well in high school. And uh, I ended up stop, stopping competitive hockey. So I was really fit until I was about you know, 17. And then I started eating McDonald's, uh, smoking a lot of weed. 
and living a very unhealthy lifestyle. And then someone else that was kind of living the same lifestyle I was at that time joined the military. And that kind of opened my eyes to, okay, like I, there's something I can do now. Like I'm gonna kind of pursue that. So, so you're 17, what year is that? So, uh, well, I joined in 2007, January 2007, and I was 19 then. So, I mean, from the, the time that I started going, okay, the military could be a thing. And the, the time that I joined was pretty short. Let me just give some props to you for that time period joining too. Cause that's after the white schoolhouse has been attacked. There's like, that's like, it's been, it's in the news. It's there's war. There, there, let's be real. That's probably part of the only reason why I actually got accepted into the military. Uh, if I were to go in with the life that I, I'm, I was living then now when they don't need infanteers, there's a good chance that I don't get in now. So, uh, that's kind of how that, yeah, it was like, okay. So I actually, I went in, I told my parents, uh, yeah, I think it was actually 18 when I went in for all the aptitude testing and all that stuff. And my, uh, my parents were like, yeah, okay. Like, what are you going to go do? I'm like, I don't know. Something like clerical and reserves. My parents are like, yeah, sure. Okay. I go in and I'm colorblind too. So they're thinking, my mom's like, there's no way you're getting in the military. So I go through all the process. Uh, all by myself to take a bus down. They're like, I can't believe he's actually doing something. Where, uh, so you're taking the bus from where's home? Dundas. From Dundas into downtown into Hamilton. Hamilton. Okay. Yeah, it's only like a 20 minute bus ride, but a couple connections. Yeah, and, and like I said, you know, I was you know smoking pot and just hanging out, partying kind of thing. I wasn't inclined to go pursue anything. So I don't think my parents actually expected it. Go in, do all the aptitude testing, and come out. And they're like, so what did you decide? I'm like, well, I'm going infantry. They're like, reserves? No, I'm going reg force. They're like, That's what a good the, recruiter. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? That's a really good recruiter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you like camping? You, you How wanna, about camping with a twist? What, you, you just want to be a weekend <laughs> warrior? Yeah. What, are you a pussy? Yeah, exactly, right? So, no, you know what? You're not cut out to be one of us. Yeah. Well, you know what? Oh. I, one of the things that, uh, that they kind of geared me towards was like, don't you want to actually do the actual soldier stuff and then switch? No, I want to be an airframe tech. I want to get a trade out of all this. Yeah, no, I kind of got the same story I hear you saying. Yeah, exactly. It's, but when I'm 19, I'm not thinking that, 18, 19. Anyway, so I was living this unhealthy lifestyle, and they had just recently switched from, you used to have to do a PT test to actually get in. Uh, so physical training. Uh, I think you had to do the beep test, the running test, you know, the, it beeps and then you have to run and it gets quicker and quicker and quicker. Uh, but they just, instead they give you this, this is what you have to be able to run within this time. Make sure you're this fit. We're going to send you off. You'll get a phone call. So don't do any of the running. <laughs> don't get up to the standard that they expect. I get a phone call. Uh, in two weeks, do you want to go to Meaford? I'm like, yeah, I guess. Like, here we go. Uh, so I get to Meaford and the first, the first week I think is all like admin intake. Oh, a funny story. Uh, driving up my old, I went up with my mom, my old man, and I was actually, I was watching stripes. I remember watching stripes in the van on the way up and like, that was my, my, you know, let's go kind of thing. And I, I got a big reality check when I got there. Cause I, I get there and I'm early. I'm one of the first people that get there and Meaford's a very small base. And my parents pull up in the van, they open it up, I grab my stuff, I walk in, 
And there's this short, stocky guy. And he's like, what's your name? And I was like, Matt. And he's like, you have no fucking first name. (laughs) (laughs) And my dad's beside me. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't even know what to say. And he's like, what's your last name? I'm like, Anderson. He's like, your first name's private now. Your dad's witnessing all this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And my dad just looks at me, drops my bag, and he says, good luck, and walks out the door. (laughs) So that, that that was, yeah, that's my intro to the military. Um, turned out to be a great guy though, in the end. Uh, but anyways, so, so you're inboarded into the military through Meaford. That's my, my initial, yes, here's welcome to the military is Meaford, not St. John, like most people, not this elaborate big building where it's all just recruits. Like this is like a hardcore infantry base. Here you go. Welcome to the army. And it's kind of like what you see in the movies, like that hardcore, what you think of when you see old school movies of them like crawling through the mud and stuff. That's kind of the atmosphere. So Meaford is the RCR battle school. That is, yeah. So you, you're you not going through Cornwallis or now no, no, St. John no, for basic yeah. training. Yeah. You're straight into yeah, battle so school. This was, I, I want to say it was the maybe second course that they were doing this with. I think it's more common now, but that's... They started expanding outside of St. John. I don't know if that's because, like you said, in 06, 07, when they had that influx of we need people. Uh, so they had to do that. I don't know what the reasoning was, but yeah, it, it was definitely a different experience. So I ended up uh, doing the admin. And then I think in the second week, you have to do the fitness test. My fat ass can't do the, the run. I can do the push ups, the sit ups. That run, though, when they start going a little bit quicker and you're huffing the air out of your ass, I, I just couldn't do it. So there was, I want to say there was actually like four or five of us and there's only like 30 people in this course. So that's a, that's a big number for people that aren't fit that you just paid to get there and so on and so forth. They say, well, you're going to go to St. John and you're going to go through a program. It's pretty much fat camp. It's a recruit fitness training is what it's called. And we don't know really what it is. Don't know what to expect. Hold on a second. So they're, yeah. they're going to what, fly you out to St. John or drive you out there from Yeah, Manifort? Yeah, they, they drove us uh, by bus, I believe. Yeah, it was by bus. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up going to St. John. And there's a, it's called Pat Platoon. So it's, it's pretty much like a waiting platoon where you're waiting to go on course. You're not doing anything. You're just sitting around. So it's called what? Pat, Pat Platoon? I don't even know what that stands for now. Probably could have told you back then. So you're, you're in mili- military gear and everything, but you're not doing anything. You wake up in the morning, you go to this room, usually like the theater or something like that. You get a brief of, well, we need people to go do this. And you get these shitty taskings. And that's kind of what your, your job is. That's how like they keep what? Give me an example. Uh, so there's a place in St. Jean called Farnham. So that's like out in the field. So they do, right. uh, there's like a week of, of like, learning how to be in a fob and stuff like that and doing like section attacks and stuff like that, like the basics. Right. So what they needed were people to go out and play the enemy or go out and, you know, fill sandbags for different locations, stuff like the shitty tasking. So you're playing enemy force. I I don't know if I was then. I think they actually had guys come in for, for Farnham to actually do that. Um, Sorry. Just the reason I'm asking that is, you don't have any military training yet. No, that's that's the whole thing. Yeah, that's looking back. I don't think that. That's I'd love to have you as enemy force. Yeah, no, that would have been sweet, right? Yeah, because you don't even have rifle training at that point. Uh, that's usually when you get to uh, your battalion or something. 
that's then you get to play those games. Um, so there, it's just getting you used to the the daily. Yeah, like going out and whatever they need. Like I can't even think of some of the other stuff that they needed. Um, a lot of the time, I was literally just sitting in this room. Like you'd spend a whole day sitting in this room. So wait for that to get on to this recruit fitness training. So then I get on that, and the whole idea is they put you through this rigorous uh, training regime where it's like you wake up in the morning, you there's two different lines in the cafeteria. One's like the really healthy, one's not. You have to go to the really healthy, and they watch you. Uh, then you go and do cardio. You get a snack afterwards. You do classes on uh, nutrition and exercise. Then you have your lunch. Same thing. You have to go that same line. So this is like straight up fat camp. This is legit fat camp. Right on. And this yeah. is happening in 2007. This is 2007, yeah. Okay. So uh, they give you, if you can't get it done by three months, so at the end of each month that you're there, you do the test. If you can't get it done, then The you test get being the beep test? The, the, yeah, the beep okay. test, the push-ups and the sit-ups. Uh, if you can't get it done, then they can kick you out. It's kind of, then you're an administrative burden. You can't get what you need done. But now you're touching on it. The upper brass is just going to get these guys through because we need numbers. Well, that's, yeah, that, that I think was the atmosphere at that time. Uh, yeah. So anyways, you're done yeah. there and now what it's back back to Meaford? <clears throat> no, no, no. So I, I got done that and then I end up back on this pat platoon again and I'm waiting to start my basic training again, but it's going to be in St. Jean because I'm already there. Uh, so I'm just waiting to get course loaded on that, get course loaded. Uh, I end up like on the fourth week, there's 12 or 13 weeks and get uh, gastro. So I'm getting an inspection. I literally puke almost on this PO petty officer. She's like, go to the MIR, but it was during first aid week. So automatically, if you miss one of the first aid days, you're automatically recoursed. So I end up getting recourse back on this PAP platoon. They sent me all the way back to week one. And at this point, I'm like, this is not for me. Like, uh, clearly this is not meant to be. Uh, but during the whole time in St. John, I have to be honest, it's an absolute blast. Every weekend you're going out and you're getting drunk and there's new people, new girls. You know, it's pretty fun. So every week you're going out? <clears throat> every weekend, yeah. Weekend you're going out. Has yeah. basic training started yet? No, so it, when okay. you're on basic training, the first four weeks you don't get your weekends. Okay. But while you're waiting on this PAP platoon, you do get your weekends. So there's constantly- you ain't, you ain't on a course yet. Yeah, exactly. So, and they're not just, some people are like, I know people that stayed there for two, three years. They pretty much made a career out of this. It's wild. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I ended up on course or get put on pat and uh, wait for, to get reloaded again. And this time my attitude is just like, it's poor. Like, I just don't care. I, I, I'm, but I also don't want to quit because I don't want to go home. I have nothing going on back home. I don't even have my high school. So uh, I end up, I ended up getting in some trouble. Uh, drinking was, was taking precedent at that point for me and partying and having fun, not following rules. I uh, got in some trouble and uh, yeah, got arrested actually for being super drunk and just leaving the area that I was supposed to be at. And then uh, I, I put in a voluntary release and then the, when I got arrested, that, the PO that arrested me uh, was telling me that I'm the reason why people die in Afghanistan and just reaming me out, which is funny because we'll go back to the, like in Afghanistan, I meet this guy again. Anyways, wow. uh, 
so yeah, uh, I ended up putting in a memo so that to take back my voluntary release and it gets approved. I get course loaded. I end up doing really well. So that, get, wait, that, that inspired, that inspired you? Yeah, that was kind of my wake up call where it was like, you know, you're kind of like poor me and just stop giving a fuck. And you just think that you're like, it should just be given to you. And it was like, yeah, you got sick the one time, shit happens. Like you had to do fat camp, that's your fault. And then you stepped on your own dick, like smart up. What are you gonna go home to? You, this is why you're here, you needed this. This is, you weren't living a good life. You needed that, that guidance and the discipline. So that was, that, that was definitely my wake up call. And then I ended up in Meaford and now I'm shitting bricks because I'm like, I know that infantry, so I went as an infantry and I knew that the infantry course was about a 50% pass rate. Back up. Yeah. St. John was how many weeks? Uh, 13 weeks. 13 weeks. Yeah. Graduated. Graduated. Yeah, your, graduated with a broken your, foot, actually. Get your oh, little yeah. cornflake. Is it yeah, you there? get your cornflake. I forget which week, like six or seven or something. But yeah, uh, my parents came, drove all the way to Quebec for me to not be on parade because I broke my foot in the field while I was in Farnham on the uh, 13K march. As it happens. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I ended up going to Meaford. Funny enough, I got gastro. Our whole course got gastro again. This this place in St. John, it's a huge building. I don't know how many people they have in there, but it's massive and it's, it's just a cesspool when people start getting sick. Our whole course got gastro and like most of them drove in a bus from Quebec to Borden and to Meaford. I was lucky enough that my parents were there that we stopped at a hotel halfway. I was sick all night, it was disgusting. But these poor people are on a bus, like puking and shitting themselves. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. oh, it was terrible. Okay, so now you're you've got all this going on. You're going yeah. to to battle school. Yeah, you know that there's a good chance you're going to be going to Afghanistan. You, to be honest, I wasn't even thinking that far okay. at that point because everything that had happened, I was like, "Fuck!" Like I'm not going to get through this infantry course. I, I was I had it in my mind. I was like, "I'm not going to be able to make it through because of everything that's already happened." And, but with that attitude and like the wake up call, I think that's kind of what was the driving factor. It was like, I'm not fucking quitting. And I remember our first March, like our first day on course, we got woken up at like 4.30 in the morning. They're like, grab your rucksacks, let's yeah. go. And it's, I, I got there, I want to say January or something in Owen Sound, like Owen Sound. It's right on the Georgian Bay. It's cold, there's tons of snow. And here we are running with our rucksacks, which we were always told you can't run with your rucksack on. It's not allowed. It's against the rule. Fuck that. We were running. <laughs> and right away, we, we lost, like, I want to say five or six guys. And it's like, the, welcome to infantry school. Wait, before that, yeah, I want to back it up because you, you graduate. And yeah. You've, you've earned that tap badge. Yeah, that cornflake, yeah. When you get to battle school, what do they tell you to do? Uh, they I tell don't... you to take that fucking cornflake out of your hat no i think i think you have to earn it i think you have to earn that cap badge too i think yeah I, oh I, the rcr one not even the rcr one there's an infantry one. Oh, okay yeah so i think i think you have to earn that one too by being on course i i think but anyways uh, sidetracked you yeah yeah from, uh, no it, it, it is one it's kind of funny because that 
cornflake is everything to you when you're in basic training. You're like, that's when you're, because you're walking around, you stand out like a sore thumb if you don't have a cap yeah. badge on. And it's a gold little cornflake, <laughs> right? It looks like a frosted flake. So there's where I was, I was kind of going with that because yeah. you worked so hard to get that. And when we showed up to battle school, yeah, it's it like, was like, take that fucking cornflake out of your beret. <laughs> like well, you worked so hard to get it. It's like, take it out. You know what? I, I feel like we had to keep it on and it was even worse than that because you're walking around and there's other guys with this other cap badge and you're standing out like a sort of thumb again, right? Yeah. Right. It's so, like a badge of honor, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and you want that RCR cap badge. Oh bad. my God. That death star means everything. Yes. Like that's to me the sexiest cap badge there is out there. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we won't get into that yeah. now. Um, oh, we will. but yeah, so I ended up, uh, on that course, uh, and, and I end up doing well, like not, you know, flying colors or anything, but I end up getting it done. There's a guy on there. Uh, I don't really want to say names, but uh, we ended up with a warrant officer, a sergeant as acting warrant officer who came in just fresh from Afghanistan. And uh, I remember this one rundown uh, with the C9 running from the 400 down to the one and I get to the 100 and it's knee high snow and I barely get the machine gun up on the mound. And I just start laying down onto the target, not even really looking down my sight or anything. And I can see him just fucking running towards me. And he gets right down in the snow and starts yelling at me. Are you fucking going to give up if you're in Afghanistan? The fuck are you going to do if I'm beside you and I need you? And I, yeah. That was another wake up call. And then right after that, we kind of had like a, a, a platoon meeting because of my laziness, we'll say, where he put things in perspective again. And I think that was another big stepping stone for me where it was like, you know, you guys are going to be cold. You're going to be tired, but you get a hot shower. We're going to fuck with you, but you get to go to bed. You know, we're going to give you a meal and tomorrow we're going to do it all over again. But if you can't handle it here, you're not going to handle it over there. So that was, that was a big thing for me. And that sergeant He's, I think he's a warrant officer now. I think he ended up doing like three or four tours of Ferd. Uh, was a big inspiration for me too. And then uh, got through there and then ended up going out to, well, I was supposed to go one RCR, I believe, was one RCR we were supposed to go to. But then they ask you. We ended up losing some guys to PPCLI actually. Some guys that were going to go RCR ended up being a dirty Patricia and uh, they asked, oh, like they re just rebadge. Yeah, yeah. So I, I forget how long out, a couple weeks out, uh, they start saying this is where you're going to be posted to. If you want pre preferential posting, let us know. And some guys wanted to go PPCLI and they put in the paperwork and did it. Um, where did they end up going, Shiloh or Edmonton? I don't even know. Okay. Uh, but I, there was, I want to say five or six of us. We said, we put up our hand with the RCR question of who's going overseas next. And they said, if you want to go, I feel like it was a trick because they're like, if you want to go anywhere, go to Gagetown, they should be the next rotation through and you, that's your best opportunity. I feel like they were doing that to fuck with us because Gagetown is shit. But that's uh, where five out of like 25 of us went uh, voluntarily hoping to get on tour. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's, I don't even know when I got there late 07 early 08 something like that that's when you're arriving at the rifle company yeah got to gauge town and then you, you kind of think that you got some freedom because you're done like the hardcore training out of things and got there and then are you assigned a room 
Uh, you, you end up in the shacks. Yeah. So I ended up in the shacks with someone who's actually not there that day when I got there. Well, he wasn't there for a couple of weeks because they were in Wainwright getting ready to go to Afghanistan. Um, so uh, we kind of thought that we had like the run of the town there because the whole there was a whole company gone. So it was like it was kind of like a skeleton into RCR. Um, but that all changed when they got back. Because <laughs> they're using Wainwright for the, the lead up. Yeah, yeah, they used, uh, yeah. So ironically, that's who I ended up going overseas with. Uh, so they're training, but you're not part of that in Wainwright. No, so what happens is they get, they have these guys that are, are they train for a long period of time, I wanna say at least like a year for workup training. Uh, I don't know specifically, because I wasn't a part of it. Uh, but then they also have, so for an example, we were, uh, it was golf company that was going overseas and they had one and two platoon that were going and then headquarters. Uh, so they made up another section with three platoon or another platoon. Uh, and that was all guys as like rear party, just in case something happened, guys get injured, whatever. Then there's guys they pull from that to go overseas. So I was only in two RCR, I want to say for five months at most. And yeah, so it must have been beginning of 08 when I got there. And as soon as I got there, I ended up in hotel company. And hotel company had just gone back from Op Medusa. And they got, hotel company got hit with a massive ID on Easter. And I wish I could remember the names right now. Was Archer before Medusa? Oh, I don't know. So Medusa, I think so. Yeah. So they're coming back from an 07 tour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so they get that we got led into uh, what was it? Forget which platoon, like five platoon or something. I don't know. And end up like getting lined up and getting shown the faces and being like, "This is the real deal," kind of thing, right? So then, in hotel company they were saying who wants to go over to golf company uh, to be part of this three platoon. So I put my name in and the mass corporal, that was my mass corporal at the time, put my name in to go over and I ended up going over and now as part of golf company. And the roommate that I had in the shacks was with golf company. So it was kind of cool. Like I was, I was telling him like, yeah, I'm putting in my name so that I like, hopefully I can go with you guys. And he, I don't know. I don't think he really liked it, but because <laughs> it's like, I just did all this training. Now you're trying to just jump in kind of thing, right? Yeah, you're, yeah, I'm trying to picture, you're fresh out of the battle school. Yeah, yeah. So and now five months you're going to Afghanistan. Yeah, so the whole way that that worked was uh, in the three platoon, they have what's called uh, CIFSAC, Canadian Forces Small Arms Competition, something along those lines. So it's a shooting competition held in Ottawa. So what they said was our team will be made up of three platoon guys because then you just get a whole bunch of time on range. If you end up going overseas, then you have a whole bunch of rounds down range and you'll be prepared to go kind of thing. So we did like this very brief workup training, we'll call it, where we went out and shot paintballs at each other. And I ended up sitting in a lab in a gunner's position sleeping with air conditioning on. So I really didn't get any workup training. I didn't even get to use a PRR, which is like a personal radio. Uh, didn't shoot a pistol. <laughs> and then end up uh, with being ranked number two out of 30 guys to go to Afghanistan. And then someone got arrested. Someone first, I think, got injured, and uh, Cop Love ended up going, and then uh, 
right before this guy's truck was going to go out, he got arrested. So then I got the call. So is there, for that tour, you had a, like a, a sub list and that's what you were on? Yeah. So I, we started out, 3 Platoon was just like 30 guys. And then when they were getting ready to go, the rest of the golf company, they put together a list, a rank pretty much of like one through 30. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of like kissed ass and did what I had to do and always tried to do extra. Like I didn't smoke either, right? So while everyone else is smoking, I'm setting up tents and stuff. Uh, and I wanted to go overseas. So I ended up getting picked number two. And it was based on like your fitness and stuff too. You wouldn't be able to tell right now, but. What is it? What is it in like your, you know that bad shit can happen over there, but you're like, I, I got to go see this. <clears throat> I, I always say that it's like uh, playing hockey. You can practice all day long, but eventually you want to you play the game, right? And you never know how many, especially in the Canadian military, you never know how many times you're going to get the chance to play the game. So uh, I wanted that taste for whatever reason. I just wanted to be able to be a part yeah, of you it. You don't know what's coming, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, ended up getting a call. I got a call on a Friday, and I, I was sleeping after. We usually got let out pretty early. It would be like 2 o'clock. And there would be a group of guys that would come to my place and we'd play NHL and stuff. I ended up taking a nap and my phone's just going off the hook. And they're like, wake up. Like, it's a private number. You got to answer it. I'm like, I'm not answering. I don't know who it is. They're like, what if it's the base? I'm like, fine, I'll answer it. They're like, Private Anderson? Yes. Uh, do you got all your kit ready? Are you good to go? Are you squared away? I'm like, yeah. Have you dagged? Which is like, go through the process of medical and admin and all that. Yeah. All right, well, you're leaving on Monday to go to Afghanistan. It's like, oh. What day is this? This is a Friday. Okay. They're like, yeah, you're going to Afghanistan. Fuck yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, heart starts going. I'm like, Did I you don't get butterflies? Pump. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it wasn't just because of going there. It was like, although I was a part of golf company, I wasn't a part of golf company. Like, I wasn't, a, I was heavily involved with the guys in three platoon that were part of the rear party, but I wasn't with the guys that were already chalking and going over and stuff, right? So it's like being a new guy all over again. Yeah, kind of feel like you're a call up in the big leagues now, right? Like, exactly, yeah. yeah, 100%. And like, I was lucky in a sense, I wasn't going for someone who got killed or injured, at least, because I couldn't imagine being in that position where you almost feel like you're, you're filling someone else's boots, right? Um, so at least it wasn't that, but. And that, that will happen half tour? That, that, that is what ended up happening, yeah. So, uh, I'm, what I'm trying to ask is you're having that sub list is more than just ending at you, there's a whole bunch of people oh, yeah. after that, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. So, when we lost our guys, that's where the replacements came from. But you're the last, there's no one after you that's going, okay, we're leaving Monday, and no, no, I, no, you are the last sub, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm the last one getting the call up, I guess, if you will. Um, how long is this tour going to be? Uh, seven, eight months. It, it all depends on chalk, like when you go in and come out. Um, and what month are you going in? Uh, I technically August. I left in August, but I got in country September 1st, I think. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah. So that Friday I end up, they're like, we're going to fly you home, get home, go see your family and come back. I end up, I call my mom and I'm like, like my mom, <laughs> Yeah, okay, let's get yeah. into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my oh poor my mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, so you know how I said that I was in this like platoon that I'd probably not get to go, but there's a chance I could end up going? She's like, you're going. I'm like, I'm coming home. 
I'll see you guys. Let's do something. So plan this big thing to see everyone, which was nice. And then the day I'm supposed, I'm supposed to fly back on the Sunday and there's a huge storm. And then, so instead of flying into Fredericton, now I got to fly into Halifax, spend the night, then go to Fredericton, then chalk out and head on over to Afghanistan, which was fucking wild. What are they using for a plane? It's not a CF plane. Uh, it, it was the plane. So I went with my other buddy to, well, we weren't buddies at the time, but a new fee. So I ended up with this new fee that I had to sit on a plane with for about 16 hours and try and ha- hold a conversation. Super nice guy, but <laughs> welcome to the Canadian armed forces. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Especially out East. Uh, so I ended up, yeah. It, no, it, that's out West in the PPCLI too. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's just, just a military that, in yeah. general. They're all new fees, aren't they? Like one third at least. Uh, but yeah, so it, I, it was this massive plane. That's all I remember about it. It was the biggest plane to fly into Fredericton up to that date. It was probably, it, it had to have been bigger than the actual airport. It was this massive plane. I don't remember if it was military. There was military personnel, obviously, on it. It was all military. Um, but yeah. But they got like a 747 to take. It was a massive plane. Big enough that there was five seats in the middle and I was sleeping for part of it across the, like, these oh, seats. Oh, so it wasn't It wasn't, it wasn't packed, no. Okay. Which was nice. Thank where's it, God. Where does it fly into? Uh, we flew to, I want to say Sweden, and then we flew to Mirage, so Dubai, and then from Dubai, we ended up flying into Kandahar. So, yeah. So that, and that, that, that's a whole other story, too. Like, so we end up getting to Dubai, so we get to Mirage, and it's been a like you leave when the sun's going down, and you're landing when the sun's going down. Like, this is a long flight. And you're all kind of like fucked up from it. And, and you know it's going to be hot as hell when you get there because it's the desert. But like we step off the mid part of the plane and it's like, holy fuck, you can turn off the engines. It's like the engines are turned off. That's how fucking hot it is there. Um, so we end, that's where you end up getting like your, your frag vest and your ammo and your rifle and everything. And then you get on a Herc and then, then you're flying into the shit. So you're going civilian aircraft into Mirage. Once you hit Mirage, now you're getting on a Herc. Yeah, yeah, you're getting your your uh, ammo and stuff. I don't think they they give you a lot of ammo. I think it was like a couple of mags. Yeah, I think I, yeah, like you're not getting grenades or anything there. Just a couple of mags in your your rifle and your uh, frag vest, like your plates and stuff. Uh, so then we end up there, and then in Kandahar Airfield you get uh, a couple days to kind of adjust. So like adjust to the time and the weather and stuff. So Well, I got to ask you this because Rory told me about this. Uh, yeah. From Parabellum. He's a civilian <laughs> fighter. He yeah. was uh, fought in the, they had a UFC fight. McDonald. Are you talking about McDonald? Yes. Rory McDonald? McDonald. Yeah. The, uh, he was telling me about the landing of the plane. How they oh, yeah. They dive. Yeah. Yeah. And did they do that? Obviously, I just say. Yeah, they do it. They do it every time that they land and they take off. Uh, so you lose your stomach, that's for sure. And there's no lights either, and you're like strapped in these like in like webbing seats. So we did that, and then did you know that was coming the first time? No, no, no. So this is the other thing. Like I'm I'm with I'm with Jerry's name, uh, Clance, great guy. Um, it's just him and I. So it's like we're not getting much detail. So like usually when guys are leave, going out, there's a big group of them. So. You, You'll get like a, a sergeant that's been there three times. No, this is like two no hook privates that are 
like barely in the military. Yeah, you're not, you don't even have a hook yet. Yeah, exactly. So it's like we don't know what to expect, and we're by ourselves. And we're there. Then we land in country, and they're like, "This is your tent. Go to your tent." Hold on. So you, yeah, you walk. We've all done this. Walk down the the ramp. Yeah. Thing or steps, and then someone just says, "That's your tent over there." Well, no, I think I think pretty much, but it was like not just that blank but it was like okay you got to get on there was a bus that we had to get on took us over somewhere and then uh i think we might have had like a map or something showing where the cafeteria is and stuff but we're like it's just the two of us it was shit um we end up in this big giant tent just like transient quarters pretty much oh there's no rcr in there no this is like literally it's just jared and i waiting to get picked up to go to our camp because we're the last two stragglers <laughs> so Wait, so uh, golf, golf company, golf company right now, yep. is outside the wire. They're at Camp Nathan Smith. Okay, which so, is a separate base from yep, Kandahar. from Kandahar Airfield. Um, so we're we're pretty much we. You have to do. They go through these uh, like ID lane things where it's like this is where like getting you ready to spot stuff, uh, which is kind of a joke in some sense. I don't know. Anyway, so, this is like a pre. Yeah, this is like a welcome to the country. This is like here. This is what to look out for when you this, leave the gates. Look for this culvert. Yeah, too. that kind of stuff, right? Um, so we end up. I think we're there for two or three days. The first day we're there, so you get there's rocket sirens. So whenever you're getting rocketed, so us again haven't been there. Don't have other people with experience. We get these rocket sirens, and they're like, go to the bunkers. It goes over the sound system. So we're like running to the bunkers and there's Brits that are the tent beside us hanging out with like no shirts on, shorts on, smoking cigarettes, like <laughs> look at these Canadians kind of thing. We didn't realize that like whenever you're getting rocketed in Canada airfield, it's only landing in the airfield. Like it's not actually coming into there. So you still are supposed to take the precautionary measures, but not many people do kind of thing. Yeah. So we're running around looking like idiots, like, yeah. But you've been there for two days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you also don't have the confidence of having some guys that 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 have spent some time and and know what's going on. So yeah, exactly. You're you're literally just just two lost souls out there. Oh, a hundred percent. And there's like so many different nations there and stuff. You just feel so it's it's intimidating. Really, it's like you just feel lost. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. However. What's going through your mind because you're infantry and you know that you're not going to be staying inside this base here. You've got to go outside the wire. I, I still don't even think that really hit home. Like, I, I think just because I was nervous more just to be coming into this situation, it was so fast tracked and pretty much unexpected that I don't think any of that was really going through my mind yet. Uh, so then we end up, yeah, we end up getting picked up and because this is how fresh I am there. I don't know that anywhere you go, you need your full fighting order, which is like gloves and your ballistics and stuff. So I, the, my first day there, I'm getting jacked up. Just where the fuck is your shit? You can't get in the lab without your shit on. It's Who's like, jacking you up? A warrant officer. But what? Like an infantry rev? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. okay. One of the guys from golf company. Okay. And he's like, you fucking idiot. Where is your FFO? And I'm like, I didn't, in my head, I'm like, I didn't know that I needed to wear this. This is how, like, I shouldn't have been over there, is pretty much what it comes down to. 
That's it for episode one of the 158. Be sure to subscribe to hear the second part of Private Retired Matt Anderson's story. Another reminder to check out Matt's foundation, the Helping Heroes Heal Foundation. You can find out more information at www.hhhfoundation.ca or search Helping Heroes Heal on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time.